Well, hello, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to another edition of Live Stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. Thanks for being here this morning. I am Melvin Gaines. Today is Sunday, September the 5th, 2021, the day before Labor Day. We hope that you're having a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play some music now while we allow other people to come and join us and get on. And it's going to be from Marvin Winans. It's a, a song called Who's Gonna Tell Em? And here it comes right now. And again, thanks for being here. And uh, we just welcome you and everyone else who wants to be here with us uh, for Sunday School in the Morning. And good morning, Clorinda. Thanks for being here. Who's Thank you. God bless you. A, a musical interlude. Who's gonna warn them of the things coming on them so God can turn Bring your coffee. their nights today. I'm gonna say it again, I'm gonna say it. Who's gonna tell him Jesus Amen. Him. Amen. Who's gonna tell him there's a better way. Who's gonna warn them of the things coming on them so God can turn their night to day? Good morning, Arlen. How are you? Morning, Brother Nate. I think you're in a different part of the Pacific time zone, if I'm not mistaken. Would you help me say somebody? Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Anne. God bless you all. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Angie. Good morning, Ronnie. Thanks for being here. It's right there on the top of the, of the thing. Maple pecan. Not trying to plug anything, but try this. It's in the store for a limited time. Oh, it's backwards? Yeah, well, you have to read backwards. <laughs> El Pam Nekup. Maple pecan. <laughs> it's not Elpham Neckap. Maple pecan. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's very good. Toasty and sweet. 
That's what it is. And it's a limited edition too, so just like everything else around this time is uh, for pumpkin time, fall time. That's what that song is all about. Speaking about the love of Jesus. Very true. Amen. Charles and Joanna, good morning. Thanks for being here. excellent. That was excellent. Marvin Winans, who's going to tell them? Uh, thank you, uh, Arlen and the praise team for the musical selections every Sunday morning. They start off Sunday school just right. Uh, no better way to do it than to get people thinking about uh, the ways of the Lord and getting people and encouraging people to get more and more into the Word as we go along. Sunday school has changed so much over the past year and a half now where we're not able to meet uh, in the church, but we are able to meet right here online, and I'm very thankful to be able to do this uh, for everyone. And we want to keep keep it up because we don't want to ever let up from this. We want to stay in God's Word. Have a few announcements to make. First of all, we are going to be indoors at church today. Uh, the weather it rained pretty much overnight. Made makes for damp conditions. Uh, in the uh, grassy areas and in, in the back as well too. So, and mosquitoes. And mosquitoes. Yeah, that's right. It, it's just going to add for for more bugs that type of thing. So, we're going to be inside today. And so, with that in mind, and hey, Roscoe, good morning. Uh, <laughs> good morning. So we'll be inside today. Uh, we are going to be doing temperature checks at the door, just as a reminder, as we always do. We're going to also ask that you. We recommend that you wear a mask. Uh, we make a recommendation to do so. We think it's a good idea to do that. And we also <clears throat> are promoting social distancing, uh, even as we sit down in the church as well, too. So please keep that in mind. Uh, we will be doing that today. And if you are not able to come to church today, uh, Pastor Gus's message will be available online after Sunday school. Uh, Renewing the Covenant is the title of the message. Uh, good morning, Lisa. Uh, renewing the covenant, and so he'll have will that'll be available on the timeline after Sunday school. And of course, if those of you who are coming to church today in Akron, that will be the message that Gus will be delivering as well too. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We rely upon those to, because even though church is not meeting the way we used to meet, we still have obligations to take care of in the church. We ask that you please. Uh, if you're coming to church today, drop them off in the drop box in the lobby area. Your tithes or offerings, if you are not coming, you can mail them to 
Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Good morning, Cindy. And we hope that you uh, can do that as well just to keep that momentum going. And we appreciate your helping uh, keep the church running and operating. There's going to be a point where we're actually going to get past all this stuff. We don't know exactly when that's going to be. But we know that there is a time when it's coming. So we want to make sure that we're doing all that we can to make sure that we are sustaining uh, the church operations right now. And I believe I've covered all the announcements. I think that that's uh, what was necessary to get through. So with that in mind, we're going to move forward and get into Sunday school. Sunday school today is going to be in the book of Hebrews. We're continuing in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. And I want to set up what we're talking about here today. Because we um, last week we spent a lot of time about the dangers of falling away from the faith, which is a real danger and a concern. Hey, Paul, Walter and Pearl, how you doing? Um, just wanted to uh, make sure I acknowledge some people before we got into the lesson here. The falling away issue was a very big deal because we were talking about individuals, uh, the audience of this this letter, and I'm going to even insist sometimes this sermon message, whatever you want to call it, uh, that's written uh, for the Jewish Christians is that they are to stand firm on the faith and not to fall backwards or go backwards, go falling into traditions that are not as uh, are meaningless, that type of thing. And so with that in mind, now we have uh, the reminder in, in this particular section of God's promise. God makes promises and he keeps every single one of them. And that's what we're going to discuss today in Sunday School. That's the second part of Hebrews chapter 6. So that is um, the, a lesson for today. <clears throat> it's a quick read, but I want to dig in and, and look at some of the context of what's, what it's going to be referred to, especially when we talk about Abraham. Abraham is going to be mentioned here in this passage. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and uh, look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we're going to go ahead and get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that you allow us to gather together and just be with you during this peaceful and quiet time. We pray, Lord, now that you just slow our hearts and minds and get us into a focus where we are truly looking at your word. And we are allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us as we go through these passages. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your love and encouragement as we go through your word. Lord, your word is a word that certainly does cut right to the cuts like a knife at times, and we recognize that. But Lord, we know that we need your word, and we know that we need your encouragement as we go through life. Lord, without you, we would not be anywhere. We would be nowhere. And we thank you for what you're doing right now to teach us and encourage us, especially during times like these that we live in, where we need a regular doses of encouragement. Lord, help us to block out those things that are not from you. Block out those things that are just not coming from your word. To run away from those things and to stay focused directly on you. And we give you the praise and thanks for the good results when we do those very things. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 20. Hebrews 6, verses 13 through 20. And thanks for being here this morning, everybody. Uh, we will be covering this passage in the New Living Translation. Um, 
and it's a it's a very interesting read here because we need to go back to sometimes remember who Jesus Christ is and what and who he is in our lives and that he is faithful we are not as faithful anywhere near as faithful as Jesus is but he is faithful he has never uh, broken a promise that he's ever made and there are future promises that he's not going to break because he cannot lie he does not lie he cannot lie to himself either uh, that is just outside of his character it's outside of who he is but let's read the passage and we'll cover this now and look at what is essentially a continuation of the discussion of Christ being greater than the Old Testament priesthood and we're finishing up with the certainty of God's promise let's start with verse 13 in Hebrews chapter 6 for example there was God's promise to Abraham since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Verse 15, then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now we'll talk about that patiently part, <laughs> because I think it depends upon your interpretation of patiently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because we know that, uh, and you have to understand, God knows exactly who Abraham is. He's a human being like us, right? And sometimes we're not very patient. And I, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say I'm one of those people too. But let's continue the passage. Verse 16. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without question, without any question, that oath is binding. Verse 17, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Verse 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And you'll notice that this has been mentioned, Melchizedek has been mentioned several times here in Hebrews because we're talking about the Old Testament priesthood and we're also referring to a reference in scripture about Melchizedek and who he is. He's in the same line because essentially from every research we've, we've ever done, we believe that Melchizedek is just really an incarnation of Jesus Christ. Back at that time, we had the encounter with Abraham. And perhaps Abraham needed to see this to be able to be strong, to be able to have this so-called patience uh, that he needed to have all, all through the out, throughout his journey, all throughout his opportunity for ministry. And so let's look at this a little bit more closely now. Let's go back to the top. Verse 13, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his name saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Now, the commentary says Abraham waited patiently. I get that. 
we can argue that he didn't wait very patiently, and, and neither did his wife, uh, because the expectation and the reality was is that they were without children, they were getting older, uh, much older for that matter, and that's the thing that we have to look at here. So uh, we know that they kind of went around and tried to have another child uh, through uh, the uh, efforts of uh, one of Sarah's servants, and we saw how that worked out. But let's go back. DIY. Yeah, DIY. <laughs> DIY. So the DIY factor did not work very well for that. But as it turns out, I don't want to dwell on that too much because we want to stay focused on all the promises that God had made to Abraham. Genesis twelve seven, Genesis 13, verses 14 through 16, Genesis 5, verses 4 through, pardon me, Genesis 15, verses 4 through 5, Genesis 17, 16. And all these promises were being made all the way up through when Isaac was finally born. And we'll look at that. I'm going to turn to that passage uh, go to Genesis 21, and I want you to look at verses 1 through 7, because this is something that we really do have to understand that, first of all, being very, very clear, God can do anything, and and God can enable someone at a certain age to have a certain child, uh, uh, and, there's, and there's no reason to believe that this is anything but a literal 100 years of life that Abraham was was living. So go to verse 20 uh, verse 1 in, in Genesis 21. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, kept the promise, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. Verse 2, and Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Verse 3, Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him. Isaac. And what's interesting is, is making it very clear that Sarah is the one who bore the, child, bore the child. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight years old, eight days old, excuse me, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. So you have to understand that Sarah, who was barren and who could not have children, it had to wait for God's timing and had to wait for God's promise to be fulfilled, just like Abraham did. And so it actually happened in the way that God had promised. And that's something that challenges all of us. You know, sometimes we look for things to happen very quickly and let's even stretch it a little bit further. Sometimes we look for things to happen in, in over the course of months and maybe a couple of years. Well, we need to be very cautious about something. God's timing goes far beyond our perception of timing. When we say years, it may take years uh, for something to be fulfilled as far as a promise is concerned. And that's what makes it tough for us. And because we... We go through all kinds of things like trials and temptations, and they're so intense. They seem to go on forever. They don't let themselves up. They don't let up. There's doesn't seem to be any relief from them. God's timing is still part of all of this, and it's tough for us to reconcile at times. Um, 
The Bible and the testimony of mature Christians encourage us to wait for God to act in his timing, even when our needs seem too great to wait any longer, which they may be needs that have to wait, and they just have to wait according to God's timing. Now, you have to understand something. God's timing is not uh, is certainly not accidental. It is purposeful. God is showing Abraham and Sarah in this passage we just read that he keeps his promises. He keeps his promises, and it's not on our timing. It's on his timing. That's the toughest thing for all of us to reconcile, and yet we have to. We have to reconcile that. Sometimes God is, is being very patient with us in this timing thing because he knows that we are not able to benefit or learn from in the greatest possible way until we see his fulfillment of this timing in what he does in our lives. And that's the challenge that we all have. I'm sure that all of us have been just like, Lord, when are you going to answer this prayer? Well, he very well may be answering the prayer, but it's just not according to our timing. And and we have to go back and look at it from that standpoint. Um, my wife and I talk often about our, our future. We're we're different from some people that we talk to. You know, we we have a, a group of people around us who are a little bit younger, and they um, it, it's going to be a while for them to kind of go through their careers and figure out what they're doing, and they can make choices to do things. But our careers are pretty well set from the standpoint of what we're doing right now, and we're going to be determining what the next phase of our lives are uh, in the next five years. Uh, it could be less than that, okay? And we'll just have to see what that really what that really means. It doesn't mean anything other than the fact that we're going to prepare. We're preparing for something. We don't know what it is, but we're guess what we're doing? We're learning, reading the Bible, studying it, encouraging the Holy Spirit to speak to us, asking for guidance, asking for wisdom, asking for teaching. Uh, you're never too old to learn something from the Lord. You're never too old to gain strength or encouragement from the Lord. You are not an old hand when it comes to this because all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ need to be encouraged. And that's something that we all have to go through. And it's tough. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. It's tough. It's not the easiest thing to do, but boy, we just have to look forward to that back end when we get to that place where we know that God has been through it all with us and he recognizes all the things that we've been going through and all you can do is just probably just fall on your knees and just say thank you lord thank you jesus for what you've done i think that that's what many of us are going to wind up doing when we finally see what god does in our lives and what what the ultimate result is going to be because we remain faithful remember he is always faithful and we'll talk about that a little bit more in the passage uh, about how faithful he really is and i think that we have to always go back to God's promises and being faithful. Faith is the reason why we do what we do. Amen. We are Christians because we believe in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe it has meaning. We believe it has a purpose. We have, we believe it has a purpose according to his will. We believe that we are indeed his chosen people. He created us for the purpose of serving him and worshiping him and giving him the glory and praise. These are all, you have a reason for existence. You have a reason for being here. Uh, these are the reasons why you're here. You're not here just because God said, oh, I guess I'll do this now. No, he, he had his mind made up a long time ago. 
that you were uh, fearfully and wonderfully made. You were already uh, going to be uh, an individual living in this time and day to serve and glorify the Lord and do what you're doing. Because guess what? He had a promise and he kept it. And so that's exactly what's going on here. Um, and that's, we need to get further into the, the, the passage here and look a little bit more at that. Uh, let's go to verse 16 in Hebrews 6 and go to 16 and 17. Now, a people, now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And we have to be careful about taking oaths, by the way. That's not something that we just do uh, freely. We take, if we take an oath, we need to make sure that it's something that we, we stand on. When we make a contract, for example, with, with someone, um, for example, if you're making a purchase, let's say you're buying a car and you're, you're buying a car, you're making a commitment to buy the car and pay for the car over time. Well, that's a commitment. That's, it's, it's another type of an oath, but it's a contract. It's something that where there's an expectation that you pay according to the terms of the agreement. And, and so ultimately that's what we are to do as believers. We are to fulfill and honor all contracts. I'll never forget this one time. There was a woman. Um, this was actually at a, a, a housing project over at, um, uh, it was on 60 Minutes. And a woman, uh, the housing bubble got to her and she was winding up paying much more in monthly payments because of the interest rates shooting up. And ultimately what she made, made the comment about and she said was absolutely true. She said, you know what? I made a contract. I made a contract to pay this and, and my, it's my responsibility because of what I signed and what I committed to to pay that contract. And I thought that was very honorable of her to say that uh, publicly. Uh, it was something that was very difficult for her to do. It was very difficult for her to honor and yet she did it. And so we need to understand that that's exactly how we are to be as believers. We need to make sure that we we make a commitment, we make an oath about something, we need to honor it and stand by it. The terms may not be very comfortable, we may not like it, especially if they change, but if it's a commitment, we make it, we do it. So it says in verse 17, back in Hebrews 6, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. And now... We need to understand the context of that because when we look at oaths, he doesn't change his mind. When we look at factors of prayer, he can change timing and outcomes based upon the fervent prayer that he hears and receives because God honors those prayers. He says, anyone who asks in my name, he will do it. And so that's the, the important thing for us to remember here. But when it comes to oaths, he doesn't change his mind. If he says he's going to commit to something, he's going to do it. Uh, will he alter or do things in prayer? Yes, but that's not the same thing. It's a little bit different. So we want to make sure we make that distinction because I don't like when people will try to make a comment and they'll pay, point to a verse and say, oh, well, here's a case where he changed his mind. No, he never changes his mind. He, is, he honors his word. He always honors his word. That word is unchanging. It has been unchanging. God's character has been unchanging. He doesn't change his mind. And so when we say he's unchanging, his promises are unchanging and trustworthy because God is unchanging and trustworthy. He can be trusted. When he promised Abraham a son, God took an oath in his own name. 
Well, he's not going to break an oath for himself. The oath was as good as God's name. God's name was as good as his divine nature. How many of you think that God is going to keep a promise? God is going to keep a commitment. When he says he's going to do those things, he's absolutely going to do those things. And I think that we need to remember that when we're talking about some very important promises that God has made for us. No one will ever snatch you out of his hand, ever. That's a promise he's made to us in Scripture. Uh, you won't be snatched out of his hand. He, he promises that, which basically guarantees that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, uh, you have eternal life. You can't lose your salvation. That's something that uh, we, we, we always come back to and always have to remind people of, too. Uh, we don't want to do anything that contradicts the God, God's word whatsoever. He will not contradict his own word. And because of that purpose as well, too. So he shows us what we need to do to make sure that we are honoring his word. He keeps his own word. He keeps his own word in, 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 on his own efforts um, without any uh, problem whatsoever. Um, and so that's why we need to re recognize that he keeps those promises. When God says that he has a place prepared for you in heaven, do you believe him? Do you believe that he has that? Do you believe that God truly wants to answer your prayers because he loves you? He loves you and cares about you. And if you're praying faithfully, and if you're praying in such a way where you are indeed uh, looking to him, and God will honor you as you honor him. I can't stress that enough. I think a lot of people don't recognize. I use this a lot. I use it. God affirms you when you are being faithful. God affirms you. Sometimes it may not be something spoken, but it may be actions. It may be things that happen in your life that says, okay, because you're being obedient to me, then God's going to honor you in X, in a way X, way Y, or way Z, whatever it is. He's going to honor you. He affirms you because he wants you to keep remaining faithful. He wants you to keep remaining steadfast in your faith. And so that's a very important thing for us to see. Let's go back to Hebrews uh, 13, pardon me, Hebrews 6, verse 18. Pardon me. So God has given his both his promise and his oath. And we recognize that that's a firm commitment. It's a binding commitment. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled, him, fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. We'll talk about that curtain a little bit more later. Well, let's go back to hear, to hear about God's unchangeable, impossible for God to lie. Now, I wish I could say it was impossible for us to lie, but we lie. <laughs> um, we lie all the time. We are in the flesh. We are, we are always striving to do what is right. We're always striving to do what we should be doing by trusting in the Lord and making sure that we are remaining faithful to him and not lying, but telling the truth. Telling the truth about who he is, in fact, is also very important, too, when we're when we're ministering to other people, we need to tell the truth about who God is. God is a, a is a merciful God, but he, in fact, is a God who uh, has standards, and he has those standards that are be ready to be fulfilled if people are not faithful to him, if people are not trusting him. And the Holy Spirit that dwells within us gives us those 
sometimes not so subtle reminders, you're blowing it. Fix your issues. Take care of business. Stop and repent. These are things that we have as an advantage, honestly, because when we were not believers, we did not have the indwelling Holy Spirit to help us to make those decisions. All we had was our conscience, our own conscience. And understand something. We know what's right and what's wrong, even before we learned about Jesus, right? We knew what right and wrong was, so it's not like uh, this was a big surprise uh, about right and wrong. When you were a non-believer, you knew what right and wrong was, and we were always trained and taught to do what's right. But it ultimately comes down to what you decide to do, what your decisions are, and what you make a commitment to do. Uh, God has basically said he's unchangeable, he will not lie, he does not lie. We do need to, in fact, have confidence in him as we look to him because he is a God who tells the truth. God embodies all truth, all truth. That's what we always want to recognize. You can be secure in his promises. Remember where it says in Scripture in Proverbs, the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. Well, if we're relying upon God as a refuge, guess what? We need to trust in that refuge, don't we? There is a trustworthiness behind that refuge. Let's just use it from a, a standpoint of uh, housing, for example. When you're home, you're home, right? You're in a refuge. You're in a place of sanctuary. You're in a place of rest. Well, there's a big difference between running into your own home and then running into, let's say, a rickety building, uh, even like the building next door to church, Amen. Uh, for those of you who have been to our church, you'll know that there's a building that's uh, ready to come down because it's falling apart. And I don't think anyone would feel very comfortable running into that building right now because that building could fall literally on them. So that's not a very trustworthy place to be. But when we run into the Lord's strong tower, we feel secure. And when we feel secure, we have faith and we trust in him as we uh, have this fellowship with him. God is truth, and you can be secure in, your, in his promises. You don't need to wonder if he's going to change his plans. Now, let's look at this for, for what it says here, because we change things around all the time. We, we go through life, and there are, are things that we avoid, and we certainly need, need to avoid Satan, and we need to go around him all the time, right? We need to make sure that we're, we're changing our plans and making sure that we're not following him. But God has had this plan ever since the very beginning, as far as what we understand the beginning to be. He's an eternal God. He's had this plan for all eternity, for us and for our, his people, for his creation. He knows exactly what he's doing. And there is no change in how he had this all set up. His will is his will, and that's what we need to recognize here. Our hope in Jesus is secure and immovable. It should be if you're running into this strong tower, right? Anchored in God, just as a ship's anchor holds firmly to the seabed. The true seeker who comes to God in belief, God gives an unconditional promise of acceptance. What is that promise of acceptance? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. You have eternal life. You have salvation. That's the ultimate fulfillment of a promise that we will all realize when we leave here. We won't. We are having faith that this is actually going to take place when we leave here. And we feel a sense of peace and security 
when we hear of others who have acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior before they leave here as well, too. We have an expectation that God's going to keep his promises and that we're going to see those people that went before us somewhere in heaven. We're going to see them in fellowship. That's the promise that he has. So when you ask God with openness, honesty, and sincerity to save you from your sins, he will do it. He has done it. He will do it right now. If you just turn to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins, and you're praying to him with all sincerity, he forgives you immediately. Why? That's his character. His character is to forgive you. He wants this relationship with you. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to trust in him. You should be encouraged. You should have assurance. You should be confident in your faith that when you go to the Lord, he's going to keep this promise. And what started all this discussion? The promise that he kept to Abraham and Sarah. That's the what the whole thing is. This, I will certainly bless you and multiply your descendants beyond number. And when Abraham looked up in the sky and saw all these stars out there, you know, there's only so many stars that you can see, but we have an understanding that if we're going, to, uh, if space is this unending barrier, there's millions and millions and billions of stars out there. We can only see, uh, I heard this on a trivia show the other day, we can only see approximately a thousand stars uh, at any given moment in the in the nighttime. We can't you can't make out more than about a thousand because your your vision is only so limited, right? But we know that there's many more than that out there just based upon uh, space and, and, and how light travels and all that good stuff. So we just recognize that even though we can only see a thousand, we recognize and we have faith that there's millions and billions of stars. In the same way, we trust the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has the hand of every person who's ever declared him as Lord and Savior. When he says no one will be snatched out of his right hand ever, he means no one, and he means ever, as in for all eternity. That's exactly what we need to recognize about God's promises. And I, I can't stress this enough, because when you're discipling someone or talking with people about the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to recognize that a lot of them are very skeptical. They don't know exactly who this Jesus is. They don't recognize him. And some may not be following him at all. And so you have to recognize that this, when we talk about and speak about Jesus, and that's exactly why the writer of the Hebrews is doing this for um, the Jewish Christians. They're still getting a grasp on who Jesus is too. Remember, we were talking last week about how they were, you should be teaching other people now, but you guys are, you're just drinking milk. You're not eating solid food. So that's why they were having this difficulty. So the, the writer of Hebrews is trying to teach them there is no one greater than God keeping his promises, no one greater, no one who is able to come anywhere near him. And Jesus Christ is the essence of who this, uh, this God is. Back to verse 19 in Hebrews 6. This hope is a strong, is strong, is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Then verse 20, Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Okay. The, the key word in this passage that 
It says it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Now, there's a historical context here that the Hebrews can relate to, and that has to do with the old Mosaic law. There's a, a curtain that hung between the holy place and the most holy place in the temple. And that's called God's inner sanctuary. This curtain prevented anyone from entering, from gazing into, or even getting a fleeting glimpse of the interior of the most holy place. And for context, uh, I'll let you go read on your own Hebrews chapter 9, uh, verses 1 through 8, which is coming up in future, uh, future study. So we're going to go over this again, uh, looking at that. You'll notice a lot of repetition here. That's for reinforcement, everybody. Whenever you see repetition in the scriptures, whenever you see repetition in a sermon, whenever you see repetition in a message, um, it is reinforcement. Reinforcement because it's a, it's a way of teaching. It's a way of giving you information that's very important that you just don't miss the point that's being given about these passages. So... The, 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 you couldn't get in, the only one that could get in there was the high priest. And that's this inner sanctuary, this inner, inner curtain area. He could only enter there once a year to stand in God's presence and atone for the sins of the entire nation. That was the whole old Mosaic law. That's how it was done. But we gotta remember something about this curtain. Um, I want you to take a look at Matthew chapter 27. It's a really important passage to remember here. Uh, and remember, there are things that are being presented to us in Scripture that give us a guideline to understand the significance of these particular events, especially when Christ died on the cross for us. This is right uh, at the point where he had died. And, and verse 51 of Matthew 27 talks about something that's very important for us to see here. This is right after Jesus gave up his spirit, and it says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were also, also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now, this was God's way of demonstrating some things uh, at the point when Christ gave up his life on the cross. Demonstration was that this event was truly a spectacular event it was an event that had uh, unbelievable meaning and purpose, uh, but something that we would need to recognize here. But the most important thing to see here is about how this curtain, that temple, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now, have you ever tried to tear paper? For example, you know, you got paper, right? And you, you, you tear paper, and there, and there comes a point where when you're tearing the paper, you're not going to be able to tear it because the paper will be so thick that you can't get to it. It won't, you'll, you'll wind up having just to throw it away because as you thicken the layers that you're trying to tear, it's just not possible for you to tear it anymore. And, and the demonstration here is that that curtain was not just an average curtain. Well, if you try to tear a curtain right now in your living room or something like that, you're going to have a heck of a time tearing it because there's a hem to it, right? Well, the curtains in that old inner sanctuary that we're referring to was more than just a curtain. That thing was like, it was the heaviest thing you could ever imagine. It was, it, it was fabric that had to have been literally inches thick. So when you're talking about tearing something, you couldn't physically tear that. But here it says in the passage in Matthew 27, 51, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. So what happened? What happened to allow that temple to be torn, that temple curtain 
to be torn in two. Only God could do that, and it was a demonstration of the utter change now where it was no longer going the priests going into the inner sanctum once a year to have their sins forgiven of the people. That was eliminated. That curtain being torn was a sign that there was no longer a barrier where people could not come directly to the Lord for forgiveness. That is the symbolism behind what was done. Only God can do that, and only God did that, and of course he had planned to do that when Jesus died on the cross for us. That was the demonstration. Even at that moment, as Christ died on the cross, and some people don't realize this, of course he had to rise again as part of one of those promises that was kept. But at that very moment, that whole thing about the need for a high priest was eliminated. Guess what? Jesus Christ was the high priest. He was the priest. He was the one that we could go to directly for forgiveness of sin. He was the one who allowed for that passageway where there would be forgiveness of sin. He offered the last sacrifice. He was the last sacrifice. He was the eternal sacrifice for all of our sins, past, present, and future. We don't need to go to the temple anymore and allow for a priest to stand for us and do that. That's exactly what was happening here. And that curtain cannot be torn by anybody other than God himself. That curtain prevented anyone from entering, gazing into, or even looking at Jesus Christ, looking at who God was. But Christ is in God's presence at all times, not just once a year. He is the one who intercedes for us basically 24-7, 365. He, he intercedes for us all the time now, right? We don't need to worry about uh, going to a high priest because Jesus is our highest priest. And that's why it's mentioned here, he has become our eternal high priest. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. That's what it says in verse 20 of Hebrews chapter 6. He is our high priest. We do not need to go to anybody else. We don't need to, uh, no offense anybody, but... He, Confessing your sins through a priest is not necessary anymore. You are not, not me to be offensive, but we don't need to do that. We can go directly to Jesus Christ yourself. yourself without anybody else before you. And he will, in fact, intervene and he will make sure that God gets that information and receive, you receive forgiveness uh, for your sin. That's what it's all about. That's why we don't need that curtain anymore in the temple. The earth shook. The rocks were split. Tombs were open. The bodies of saints were raised. God is amazing. God shows us amazing things. These aren't things that happen every day. These aren't things that took place every day. These aren't things that occurred at any given moment. They were done because either God either directed it, uh, or but in this particular instance, this was a, a sign that Jesus Christ at that moment had become our high priest. And so we need to recognize that. And that's what God has promised us, that we do have a high priest that intervenes for us, that we have a high priest who looks after us. He is open. He is, uh, he is honest. He is sincere. He is the one we come to and we go to uh, whenever we are need, need sanctuary, we need peace, we run into him, we're safe, we trust him, we believe he protects us, 
We believe he covers us. We believe he keeps us. These are all the things that Jesus does for us. And so the writer of Hebrews is again telling the Jewish Christians, look at Abraham's life. Look at what he did. Did he have bobbles along the way? Of course he did. He's a human being like us. But ultimately he was faithful. And God honored his faithfulness by giving him a child at age 100. Age 100. And Sarah, who... Uh, I can't imagine how Sarah would feel. I mean, she's talking about laughter and joy, basically, uh, because of how she feels, because she actually did bear uh, a child from the man she loved. And so I think that that makes, that makes all the difference. And she wasn't a young person either. I want to say she was around 90 or something like that, something about that age. I believe it's 90. I think she was approximately 10 years younger than Abraham. Um, so we need to keep that in mind, too. She was not a young person either. But she ultimately had to have faith too, right? It came down to forgiveness and asking for forgiveness by stepping outside of his will. But that's what God does for us. Do we, do we step outside of God's will on occasion? Yes, we do. Do we need forgiveness? Absolutely. Do we go to him as we should? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But when we go to him and we're sincere about it, he indeed does forgive us because he is faithful and just in doing so. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to, Lord, just slow ourselves down and hear you speak to us right now. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your very presence. We thank you for being true. We thank you for being faithful. We thank you for the being the God of all promises that you keep. You keep every promise. And there's many more to come that you're going to keep. Lord, we just thank you. We just give you praise. Lord, help us to be mindful of how you operate, where our timing is not your timing. And Lord, we are impatient at times, and you recognize that impatience because you've had to call us on it at times. And yet, you love us. You're faithful. You care about us. Thank you, Lord, for your teaching. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We just want to give you all the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, thanks, everyone. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, we are going to sign off now. We hope that you join us again next week for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. And be sure to let other people know as well, too. You're welcome to join us. There's no restriction whatsoever uh, in getting into God's Word. Amen. Uh, you guys take care of yourselves. Take care, Jackie. Have a great week as well yourself. Have a great Labor Day holiday, everyone. Take care, and we will see you next time. God bless you all.